0: This is the CineSnob Podcast.
1: Welcome to episode 171 of the CineSnob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania.
0: And I'm Jocelyn Duran.
1: Hey, a great weekend for our country, guys. It's the great um, uh, 4th of July weekend. Everything is fine in the United States. Everything is perfectly fine. Yeah.
0: I I shut off some fireworks. It was fun.
1: I saw that picture. um, Yeah. In the you, quarry,
0: in from uh, Parks and Rec.
1: That was my joke. The, yeah, that it was the, the pit. pit from Parks and Rec. But where is that? Is that?
0: Uh, yeah, it was just like in this little rock quarry across the highway from us. So
1: Are you crossed a highway. I
0: did. It was an adventure. Jeez. I went into yeah, and it was in the city Whoops. Whoops.
1: Oh, you're one of those yeah. people. God wow. damn it.
0: I I moving from the south side. It was hard because there was hardly any on the north side. Where'd yeah. you
1: live on the south side?
0: I off of Ray Ellison. And last oh, year we I just, think we talked about this. Yeah, My we just wife went up to, to, our to our roof there. and literally <laughs> <Jesus> just watched. <laughs> it was so cool seeing all the free fireworks. And yeah,
1: so <laughs> free. I mean, yes, yeah, free. But yeah, <laughs> for us. <laughs> Have you ever uh, um, set them off like in a neighborhood? Neighborhood?
0: No, but some people were doing it around here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it happens literally. All the time, and like it sounds like they're like literally right next door, shooting over the house. And
0: I just couldn't do that to our neighbors. That's.
1: that's Can I just say that I don't I don't understand fireworks. Really? I well, they're like little explosives, Cody. Mm They're pretty. Driven by (laughs) gunpowder. No, um, I I get it too. Like after a a certain amount of time, it's like I got it. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
2: Well, and I think people just setting off like like. Little cheap ass fireworks in neighborhoods just that basically serve to make a loud noise. It's just obnoxious. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, also, I also you hate
0: Christmas. Also,
1: <laughs>
2: no, I mean, I, 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 I. Along with America's birthday, it was also I hate mine. Gifts. And uh, oh, happy birthday, right. Cody! Thanks, All thirty-one years old. And I feel every year of it, as as you can hear by my complaining, where I feel like I'm morphing <laughs> into an old man. Just like these you, these gosh darn fireworks are like too loud. News alert,
1: you've been an old man for as long as I've <laughs> known you. <so. laughs> That's fair. Uh what about parades? Do you either of you like parades? Like, and I mean, let's be honest. Do you do you like them? Not like, oh yeah, it's a fine thing, but like if you're yeah, like asking w-
0: two people from San Antonio about parades, I mean like Well Battle, so I'm like, from San Antonio fiesta? too. Exactly. Like I mean fiesta parades, yes. I think it depends on the parade.
2: Mm. Mm. I'm not yeah. a
0: parade guy. <laughs> I, uh, I'm t- shocked. <laughs> you so know what's
1: shocked. the w- what's the worst kind of parade in San Antonio? What? Oh, something was happening. Something fell behind me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> any river parade that's not a Spurs river parade. Uh huh. Uh-huh, and even yeah. those, even those, I'm like, oh, I got it okay yeah i don't go to the river parades. when it's just like a councilman like waving to you from a barge like i don't fucking care who the (laughs) district nine councilman is and that they're waving with some shitty cover band playing in the background Mm -hmm. now your
2: favorite parade jared is is the one that was on uh this weekend which was the keep new Bromfels open parade right
1: (laughs) was that an actual parade that happened
2: Oh, I sent you the video of it. It was oh, all those yes. trucks yeah, yeah, going yeah. around in the circle that's, that's in the middle right. of New Brunswick <laughs> with American right.
1: flags. Going around that roundabout. <laughs> yeah. The- <laughs> I uh yeah, it was uh, surprisingly all pickup trucks. <laughs> yeah, who oh, I would have uh, thought? I was
2: I saw someone on my Facebook list who who lives in New Brunswick who had to like go run an errand and, and found themselves accidentally in the middle of that. <laughs> That Wait, where do they go running
1: an errand in that part of New Braunfels? They have to go visit a fucking craft store or like a <laughs> or like a bakery a, or something. Yeah, they have an to Artisan visit. bakery. <laughs> go to Nadl uh not Nadlers. What is it over there? Um fuck. I know that old there's an old bakery right You're there. You're the but,
0: second yeah. person who has made that mistake this week trying to tell me about a bakery in New Braunfels and accidentally called it Nadlers. Well, I mean, That's to weird.
2: be fair, they like, probably have like a f- vu. Probably had a fifty-fifty shot. There's probably not too many bakeries in New Braunfels.
1: It's um, um shit. I don't. Nadler's is where we got our wedding cake. Uh, and the
0: one off Babcock.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it. Um, we I never got to eat any of it. Aww. Sadly, so <laughs> yeah. So somebody ate the top layer, and it really pissed oh, my wife no, off. No, yeah, but,
0: you got to save that.
1: Yeah. Well, I. I mean. I don't know. We're supposed to get a... Uh, she wants to get a fresh one for our anniversary, but... who?
0: Um, it's like, someone at the wedding just took the top layer, like, by the Well, I think they.
1: I think someone served it out. I mean, we didn't Aww. have, like, a... I, I don't know. Whatever happened. Yeah. I, I don't... It was... She was sad about it after it was over. Like, mm. it's gone. Like, she did get to save, like, a, a bunch of the white cake. And I don't like the white cake as much, so... Anyway, there was chocolate in there is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we go? What happened with this? Oh yeah, Uh, parades. Parades. Parades suck. Um, (laughs) So like, uh, but I I do see a lot of those like neighborhood parades with all my friends that have kids, Mm -hmm. and it just seems like I just I don't that doesn't seem like fun to me. Watching people drive around your neighborhood, honking. Yeah.
0: The parades oh. and during fiesta are fun. I like Battle of Flowers. like
1: Battle of Flowers is cool. Um, the, the night one, the night one's cool, but like the river parades are garbage. Yeah, that is my hot take. San Antonio, <laughs> deal with it. By the way, uh, <laughs> um, as a as a side note for a parade, we were airing um, at my my job. We were airing the San Antonio River Parade, like the ho- the military heroes parade or something. Oh. I don't know what it is. What? yeah there's apparently like a military parade that happens on the riverwalk yeah um, I
0: did a story uh near like not on it but something ab- about it
1: yeah and our uh our it's former like co cowork- yeah that's what it is and our former co-workers were hosting it Jocelyn and um uh like Lloyd Doggett who's a congressman was there uh and I believe it was recorded last year but I like at work, we got a lot of emails. Like, why aren't they social distancing? Why are they having a parade? <laughs> it's like, no, it's rerun. And I think it had a previously recorded thing on it.
0: Okay, anyway, good. But
1: yeah, it, I mean, it,
2: but uh, are you shocked that people watching television weren't paying attention to the finer
1: details of things? I'm sh- I'm not shocked that people uh, watching a uh, a. Uh, a parade on the, the 4th parade of July. <laughs> on, the parade on No, this is like Friday. Oh. This is not even the 4th of July. It was like the Friday morning parade. Like what? <laughs> um, the only parade I did like watching on TV was uh whatever that was it the Rose Bowl parade that uh Will Ferrell and um, Oh yeah, the uh, Ro- yeah uh molly, molly shannon, shannon did the fake commentary for or like real commentary but as fake people yeah the
2: best part about that was the, the tim meadows as the field reporter mm-hmm. that was really yeah. just the Funny. bit they kept
1: doing like yeah yeah anyway i think we might have talked about parades enough so mm. uh anything else before we go cody you and i were trying i was trying to name uh, uh obscure nba washouts to you yeah that um, was fun so uh, you're playing some like weird fantasy league thing.
2: Yeah, there's a basketball tournament going on right now, and it's like some of the only live sports there are, and I haven't watched live sports in like three months. So uh, I've been watching this tournament, and then just like doing random fantasy games. And uh, and I had mentioned that it's like there's some like bubble or not quite good enough <laughs> NBA talent there. Uh, so you were naming uh, some great. I t- was throwing
1: out like uh, you know like oh how is uh, uh, Nazi Muhammad doing or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rashon Nesterovich, yeah, no, it's pretty good. Desmond Mason had a pretty good
2: game earlier. (laughs) How about Kendall Gill, (laughs) Marcus uh, Pfizer, Keith Van Horn? Yeah, Glenn Robinson, the big dog.
1: Wasn't Keith Van Horn the second draft pick behind Tim Duncan? That sounded
0: super familiar, so I'm assuming yes.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think he was a good good enough player. He could have gone number one.
0: So basically, it's (laughs) players who are uh, okay with you know being quarantined for however long this tournament is yeah cuz like, they getting the, shuttled back and forth
2: the winning payout of the tournament is a million dollars shared between the players so like if they win, if you win the tournament you every player gets like at least 100,000. Hmm. dollars. so you know <laughs> for a player who's who's you know playing in fucking Romania it's probably a pretty good thing yeah. is it like uh, like Steph uh,
1: Stefan Marber <laughs> <laughs> God damn it um. Oh, so it's just called? Is it just called the basketball tournament? Yeah,
2: TBT.
0: <laughs> really?
2: Yeah. The- but they've been. But yesterday and today, there's four games, like all back to back, and so I have literally watched like six games of basketball in the last two days.
1: Oh, so uh, it's got uh, uh Jarrett, Jack, and Joe Johnson are playing. Son of a bitch. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, these team names are great. Yeah. Uh, uh brotherly love is a team. That's the Philadelphia
2: alum. Okay.
1: Stillwater Stars. It's from Oklahoma State. <laughs> House of Pain, as in the abbreviation of Champagne. Yep. Uh, yeah. Team CP3, apparently they're associated with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, War Tampa. Yeah, that was a combination of Tampa and then um, Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Primetime Players is that Deion Sanders? No, I think that was just a bad basketball team name. Oh. <laughs> oh heard that? Heard that? Cracking me up. <laughs> <laughs> heard that eighty? Yeah, heard that is uh, Marshall H-E- Thundering Heard. Is that is the eighty part of? No, oh, sorry, never mind. That's the score. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Peoria All Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> armored Athlete.
2: Yes. Power so of like, the Yes. I can Power confirm. of the Paw. Power of the Paw is Clemson. Uh Team Heinz. That's is- a catch up, no. It's um Heinz <laughs> <Hines laughs> Ward. Team Heinz is a is a player that's not even in the tournament, but he named the team after himself.
1: <laughs> Heartfire. <laughs> Stop. Uh, Men of Mackie. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, of course.
1: So I assume the, the uh the the inflection on this one is is important. It's sideline cancer. <laughs> no wait sideline cancer right yes okay yes. as in put
2: cancer on the sidelines <laughs> right
1: uh golden eagles
0: Oh, okay i get it i get it <laughs> that one took me a little while sorry
2: golden eagles what a lame-ass name golden, golden. eagles is southern miss
0: what about the champagne one i'm interested oh yeah
2: that's,
0: what so that's what El- with that, that.
2: That's Illinois, so oh, the, okay. the college oh, is there. It. And so okay. so basically if you have six or more players from one that all went to one college, it's considered an alumni team. Okay. So it's a lot of players who played together in college but like didn't make the NBA, but they're reuniting to be in the
1: tournament. So I'm just gonna do a couple more of these. Um Red Scare. Uh the Russian Big, team. <laughs> Big X. Uh Boheim's Army. And then uh this one, uh, they're this they're coming up. Uh, what is today? The fifth. So coming up on Tuesday, they're playing against uh, sideline cancer. Is uh, challenge ALS? Yes. Ah. So one That's of those nice. two diseases will get defeated. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid.
0: What's the bovine one? Is that UT?
1: Bovine? I think it was boheim. Oh. Boheim. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Carmen's crew is another one I didn't name. Mm-hmm. um the money team that's of course based on the uh sni- wesley snipes um uh woody Harrelson follow-up to um white men can't jump
0: which one I'm is that? I'm, like kidding, one? I'm kidding i'm kidding but it's say. called it's
1: called it is I, that was the money train uh-huh. but, oh, sorry it was a stupid joke right. uh yeah sounds like fun cody i guess it has been
2: they have this thing <laughs> do you know what the the elam ending is uh no so it has so there's this thing where uh, when there's like I think it's like four minutes left in the last quarter they they cut the clock off and they add eight points to the team that's leading and then it's the first to that score wins the game. So so like hmm. if a, if a team is up by like four points and they it, uh, and they add eight to that total, um, it's the first that reached that point. So like if you go on a big run, you can like come from behind and win the game and stuff and it, it like went down to the last shot. In one of the games yesterday and i think even just right
1: now so is this um is this similar in play style to to the big three or is this uh is this full five on five basketball? it's full five on five yeah okay
0: where are they airing it espn oh okay well good mm-hmm. for them yeah
1: i had no idea what was even happening and then cody's telling me about how uh how good uh, um uh, jaron jackson is doing in the league nice God, he'd be like 50 also <laughs> sleepy floyd has uh, sleepy uh, floyd uh sweet pea lou daniels lloyd daniels lou daniels listen to me brian uh, reeves <laughs> brian big country Reeves. <laughs> did i ever tell you that, that my that my dad when i was a
2: kid used to call him fat country <laughs> no i just find that funny
1: is uh is manute bowl in the league isn't he dead? He is dead, yes. I was <laughs> sorry. He died like, in a weird way, too, like a car crash, I believe.
2: Yeah, well, that's cool. That's a good way to end this segment,
1: is just talk about
2: <laughs> yeah. someone's grisly death.
1: Um. Yeah, uh, let's go ahead and move on to reviews. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here are this week's reviews.
1: First up, we have Hamilton. Well,
2: the word got around, he said this kid. Collection just to send him to the mainland. Get your education.
1: Don't forget from whence you came, and the world's gonna know your name. What's your name? Yeah. Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. And there's a million things I haven't done, but just you wait, just
0: you wait. When he was turned as far as full.
1: This is not really a movie, but it is a uh, filmed version of the smash hit Broadway musical Hamilton, uh, performed by the original cast, uh, recorded in uh, 2016, and making its debut on Disney Plus, Jocelyn. Yeah. Tell us about Hamilton sure. since you've seen the stage show uh-huh. and what you thought of this production.
0: I have had the songs stuck in my head all day, especially the King's songs. I don't know. Those why. are the
1: those were my my absolute favorite.
0: Oh, they're the best. I mean, he's just and to see the original cast do it that was just really great because, as you said, I saw it in uh, a theater about a year ago in Austin. But it definitely wasn't the original cast. I mean, th- that would have been like thousands and thousands of dollars. And I wasn't willing to pay that. So so basically, like you said, this is just um, a recording of the theater production. Um, but and it, it, of course, uh, tells the story of Alexander Hamilton. And um, you know from the beginning that he is killed by Aaron Burr. So there's no like, you know, spoiler there. But um, it <laughs> takes you through his entire life and getting to that point. And, um, you know, I really, I loved seeing, like I said, the original cast, but then I also really loved having subtitles on while I was watching it because, you know, they're rapping and they're singing and you miss so much, you know, in the theater. And for me, we were like kind of far away. So everyone was really small. And so (laughs) seeing like the details in the movie along with the subtitles and everything else, I just, um, I was so happy and I'm so glad they did this. Um, and you know, everybody's watching it right now. So that's good because it's, it's a fantastic, uh, show and man, I mean, the amount of attention to detail in this is just incredible. Um, seeing Lin-Manuel Miranda actually do Hamilton is like, what else do you want? Like you have to watch him do it. I mean, it's his baby, you know? And, um, yeah, I just, I loved it so much.
1: Is it uh uh better than when you saw it on the stage?
0: Oh, absolutely, really? a hundred times. Again, just because, like, you know, when you're in a theater, you're you're kind of like trapped a little. You can't leave. Like, it's so nice to be able to pause <laughs> and like do your own thing and have subtitles. Like I said, but um, I will say I always and I thought this when I saw it live too that the um the this the first half i think is way too long like when they stand on the boxes i can't remember what song it is but i've i've always felt like that is the end of the first half and it should have gone to intermission after that and instead you have like five more songs and even in when i was watching the movie i was like wait maybe they got rid of intermission maybe they're not going to do that and then like three songs later it came about so i feel like the flow of it would be better if it had been shorter but that's just like a critique of the actual theater production, that's not, you know, they couldn't take away uh, songs from that, um, but I, I did think that it's a little heavy on the first act, um, and I thought that when I first saw
1: it, too. Cody, what did you think?
0: Well, it's it's kind of, it's
2: it's a bit challenging to appropriately review this, because I think as a film, and, and technically, I mean, look, if you want to get down to the nuts and bolts of it, it's MPAA rated, so... I mean, I think it it classifies as a film, and I kind of want to come back to this and don't let me forget to talk about like Oscar prospects because I have some thoughts. but um oh. you know it's difficult to 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 really because it's i mean it's a it's a filmed version of a stage performance. So you know, is there impressive filmmaking? I mean, not really. is there filmmaking decisions? you know, there's decisions of close ups and things like that that you'll never get and be able to replicate in a theater setting um and i think that there's a few things to get past um when you're kind of looking at it because i think the whole thing is a little bit inherently silly and goofy like (laughs) as as good as it is and i do think it's really good there's some i mean it's just inherently silly because you're seeing you know lin-manuel miranda rap about the federalist papers like it's just kind of a (laughs) ridiculous concept at times um you know that being said, I think it's a it's a really good performance of a really good show. I, it's it's extremely... Um, yeah, I hadn't heard any of the songs before. I kind of... I was saving it because I knew that it was going to be released in this format. And then I didn't get... I didn't pay for tickets when it was here. So I was just kind of saving it until it would come out in a format. So I didn't... I wasn't too familiar with any of the songs. And, and I walked away being impressed. And especially impressed with, you know, the writing of everything in particular... You know, um, one thing I didn't know is basically the entire thing rhymes, uh, and I think there's like really impressive rhyme schemes going on. Like, just as a as if like if I think if you're a fan of um, of like that kind of stuff, like if you're like you know de- really dense creative writing that rhymes and stuff, and even hip you know hip hop and rap and stuff, I think you'll really find a lot here. Um, like I said, it is dense. Um and um and at times you're kind of watching and going you know this is more history lesson than anything else <laughs> but uh um, that being said, it's well balanced I do think I agree with Jocelyn in that I was starting to feel the length towards the end of the first act. I think the first act is a little bit long um and of course that's I mean when you're there, it's it's you know it's it's there's nothing you can really do about that um but, you know that being said, again, I think the performances are really great all around. I think everyone in it is good. Um, I think um, you know the the best person in it is uh, what's his name? Uh, is it Leslie Odom Jr. the guy who plays Aaron Burr? Um, for oh, me, I, I don't
1: I don't know the cast off the top of my head. I
2: believe that's his name. I think he's far and away the best part about it. Um, and I think, you know, the the most impressive, uh, the most impressive uh, performer in it. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, again, like I said, it, it's hard to rate. It's hard to talk about uh, from a cinematic point of view, because again, you know, you're getting the only thing you're really gaining is, is access. One and two, you know, being able to see some of the dramatic close ups and some of the more. You know, intimate moments of the of the performance. Um, do I think that it's probably better than sitting in the nosebleeds? You know, at a theater, hey, for, for sure. Hey,
1: hey. hey, you said that you was were. kind that a dig
0: at me? <laughs> no, you said you were far away. You didn't say nosebleeds. I'm talking.
1: Weren't you in the Bass Concert Hall though? That's I was. Not a very big place. So it's yeah. Cr- yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Anyway. anyway, is it better than being in the nosebleeds? Yeah, for sure. And I think um, you know, having being a musical theater novice. Uh, I think I've seen, I can count the amount of musicals I've seen on one hand. Uh, I I was, I walked away being really impressed with it.
1: Yeah. um, Again, I, um, I, uh, my wife and I have done a few of those uh, musical theater performances that they've like, they uh, streamed the Phantom of the Opera uh, like two months ago now into this quarantine. Um, And she loves Phantom of the Opera and I I saw it and it's, it's very impressive show Um, And I kind of feel the opposite. Uh, uh, Well, okay, and this is a very impressive show, too, and I want to clarify what I feel the opposite of. I feel the opposite of, Cody, you um, rather watching it at home. I'd rather watch it live, honestly, uh, because I I like the – they're two inherently different mediums. And the idea of having, like, your eye drawn at a stage production as opposed to the camera – uh, pointing that out in that same stage production is something that I think is a significant difference in the enjoyability of it. Because it's like it's, while it's a movie, technically, um, and Cody, don't forget you wanted to talk about Oscars. Thank you. Um, it's not really like there, there's rarely any kind of, um, you know, cinematic choices being made other than what are we going to show in close up. And what are we just going to show at like stage eye level? And uh, there's, I think there's exactly one shot that's outside of either one of those two things, and it's an overhead shot um, that they do. I think is it when they're like throwing the papers around, something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, I'll the guy- agree
0: with that. I I don't think that they or that you um, in this version of it. I don't think you get to appreciate the stage turning as well, because they have this really cool contraption Mm -hmm. where the stage goes in two opposite directions in a circle. And I only noticed that a couple times during this. And when you're when you see it live, they use it a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the thing I'm I'm talking about is the stagecraft is lost in this version.
0: I can totally see that.
1: And, um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a the price you pay for having it on, you know, a streaming service or, or in a movie theater or whatever. Um you know that said I, I feel like it robs the experience a little bit because you're you're watching you're watching one medium in a different medium if that makes sense like you, you know you're you're it'd be like reading a song or Well
0: I mean but I the first time I ever saw like Miz was like on PBS and it was a recorded version of the theater and I mean that that's sometimes just how you reach more people because not everyone can get to the theater you know
1: Well I I get it I get it and I mean it's one of those things that, you know, I'm probably never going to see uh, a, the original Broadway cast of Hamilton perform Hamilton. But, I w- you know, I would like to see Ooh, the stage. Oh, I do sh-
0: recommend, it, on that note, there's a YouTube video of them doing it at the White House, uh, the original cast doing my shot for President Obama. And it's so good. And that's what I used to kind of, like, always watch over and over again because I couldn't go and see the show. Um, so, yeah, if you look that up, it's, it's awesome. Oh, yeah, I,
1: I read about that. Um, but, you know, it, it's... I don't consider that a... I mean, it's, it's no one's fault. It's just that that's a different thing here in this. Uh,
2: well, I mean, here here's the thing, and, and this is more of what I mean by it, and I have saw this discussion happening online, which is when I say better to watch it on TV than in the theater in the nosebleeds, I literally mean that because I think part of the thing about Hamilton was that it was the, it, you know, for years and years, it's been the hottest ticket to get. So... I mean, if you if you are, you know, I think one of the criticisms behind it has been access where, you know, it's it's hard to access for a lot of people because people don't have hundreds and hundreds of dollars to be, you know, spending. And if they do, they might be, you know, again, in the cheap seats. And 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 I think for access purposes, I think that it's it's you know, I think it beats being because I mean, I've seen one of the musicals. I saw Book of Mormon at the Majestic and I was way, way up there and it was not. I mean, I, I felt extremely disconnected from everything, and 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 so I I can ga- I can just base it on my own experience where I would rather watch something like that. But I mean, I think you know one of the benefits is that it does give access to a wide group of people who probably never would have been able to see it otherwise. So I mean, yes, but it's it's I think in my in my view it's kind of I, I mean I think you you were trying to say this, but it's it's kind of apples to oranges, and I think it's its own thing. Um, but I don't I don't know that it's fair to say that um, that it's that it's you lose the intimacy because I mean it's just a completely different thing. It's like it's like someone saying that you know, watching Queen at Live Aid would have been completely different being there other than you know the power on TV like of course yes, but it's 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 a different thing and it's still you know something where you're getting to enjoy like the artistry of it.
0: Well, well that's, I- oh, I was gonna say just that um, that's why I loved the Chicago movie so much because they kind of incorporated both. It was like an actual movie. And right. then they also had, like, the um, stage versions of the songs. And that was, like, perfect for me. And that w- was a movie. I mean, talk about Oscars. I think, like, it, ha- it got Best Picture. Yes. And And so this kind of – I can see how this is – this isn't that. This isn't a retelling of Hamilton as a movie. It's literally right. just the theater production version. Right.
1: I mean, this is, like, what you would buy in the gift shop on the way out.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, I, I don't mean that to slam it. It just mean that it's not, um, you know, it, it's it's a bit of a, um, uh, you know, consolation prize viewing of the of this performance. And I think it's I think it's great. I mean, I think it's a great performance, and I think it's a great musical. I I hate now that. Um, you know it's become so important in a lot of people's lives that there's a lot of second guessing about it now um for its cultural impact and and how it represents you know um the america's past and it's a it's that's always a frustrating conversation to to go back and judge art especially when it's just five years old but uh the idea that 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 a movie version of this might come someday i assume that's Probably in the works somewhere. It
2: is. The screenplay has been written, and I think Lin Manuel Miranda was just waiting for enough people to be able to see it. So, and I yeah. think, and I think it could be if, if they if they like throw a huge budget into it, it could be
1: like crazy. No, I mean if you know, because you're you're seeing you're seeing a stage performance, and I know what to expect with a stage performance. I know you know you're not going to get a battle. Um, you're not going to get like a a realistic gun duel and all these things that are um you know sort of uh left to the theater of the mind essentially uh when it's when it's presented on a screen it's a little it's a different experience for me and i don't look i don't want to i don't want to fault the production of it or anything that's not what i'm trying to say it's just that it's i feel like it's a again like a consolation prize to seeing the actual thing in person but, Cody, what did, you wanted to talk about Oscars, so go ahead and talk about
2: that. Well, okay, so I think, you know, um, I, I, I was thinking about this earlier, and obviously assuming that they go through with an Oscars, which I can't imagine them not going through with the Oscars on some level. Um, you know, I, I, I see this as something that I believe will be a lock for a Best Picture nomination. And I think that for several reasons. One, they expanded to 10 for exactly this reason. You know, this is such a cultural touchstone at this point. And this is going to be the biggest... I mean, it is the biggest thing in the country right now, um, you know, entertainment-wise. You know, there's not a lot else going on. Um, But I think it's a cultural touchstone in it. um, And there is precedence for something like this. And and I think people have been kind of wondering, you know, what would or wouldn't... Because I've heard some talk, like, maybe costume design. Um, I've heard some talk for uh, acting performances. Original songs, probably not going to work. But... um, but in 1975 there was a there was Give 'em Hell Harry, which was a uh, a one-man show about Harry Truman um, and it, they filmed it and released it as a movie and James Whitmore got nominated for best actor for the Oscars for it. So there is precedent for Oscar nominations for a sta- uh, filmed version of stage performances and I think if they if they you know people already are probably not going to be too familiar with the movies that are going to be nominated especially with no, you know, with big movies being pushed back. So I'm looking at this to get, um, I mean, I think it's almost a lock to get a Best Picture nomination and probably nothing else, but I think it'll probably get that.
0: I hadn't That's... even thought of that. I hadn't, I mean, I didn't even think it would be under consideration because it's just, you know, simply the theater, a, a recording of the theater production.
1: Well, I, like, I yeah, I don't want to be too harsh on that. I mean, it is produced. Like, it's not just someone stuck a camera in the balcony, yeah, you know there is there is some filmmaking to it. There's not a lot, but there is. I I, I don't know. I mean, the, I I would assume that sure, eventually, yeah. This you know, had this been released in theaters, uh and that was the plan no- next
2: year. It was supposed to come out in theaters next year, and then they bumped it up to this year due to COVID.
1: Yeah, but in a, in a normal year, I don't know. I mean.
0: Yeah, because if you look at all the other musicals that have been, you know, uh nominated, like Cabaret and Chicago, like I said earlier, they were all versions of it. They were movies. They weren't just right. the
1: stage production. So I it's I certainly don't disagree with you, Cody, but
0: if it won Best Picture, I will not be happy. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, and, and
1: I think it's more I of will a will be very mad.
2: You know, we and, and and again, the Oscars expand to ten for this exact reason, so that right, something that nominated. everyone knows can be nominated, and there's yeah. there's some bit of drama, so to speak. I mean, those who are paying attention know that that you know would never happen, but um, but but I I just think that it's it's one of those things that's sort of like tailor made for that. And again, I don't think they would have gone through the process of getting MPAA rated if they weren't trying to classify this thing in some way as a motion
1: picture mm-hmm. so i i do know this version is edited uh yeah like they censored a couple of f words yes um anyway For the
0: disney crowd
1: yeah they say shit a lot uh I don't, I don't get disney sometimes like i don't like who couldn't handle it a couple f bombs anyway uh what's your grades jocelyn
0: Uh, I went with an A- minus on Hamilton. I think it was uh, fun and, um, you know, I thought it was, for what it was, I thought it was great. So,
2: Cody? Yeah, I think when you're talking about something like this that exists in the ether so much, in the public consciousness, and has so much, you know, um, popularity, I think it comes down to one simple thing with Hamilton, which is, is it worth the hype? And I think that it is, and so um, you know, like I said, not a lot of interesting filmmaking going on, but a really great performance of a really great musical. So I give it a B plus.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jocelyn. It's it's an A minus, and that's just on material alone. I don't think that uh, it, again, I, it, my problems with the you know just kind of the lack of flair and, and everything is inconsequential. It's just a it's it was it was a great time. So uh, that's available right now, streaming on Disney plus. You ever wonder like, did their servers, ha- like, how do their servers handle stuff like this? Because I know mm-hmm. even stuff like HBO oh, crashed. Yeah. Did Disney like really plan ahead for this? I'm sure they did. Because HBO used to just die on Game of Thrones <laughs> nights.
2: Mm-hmm. I think uh, I actually think Hamilton might have had some like 2 a.m. launch problems, if I remember correctly. Oh really? I think I I thought I read some people because I saw someone say that they stayed up until like 6 a.m. watching it. So that leads me to believe that maybe there was a bit of a delay. I also saw yeah. someone else comment on that, but
1: I can't confirm or deny. Well, get back to us. So we Will do. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to our next movie, The Outpost. Do you remember what happened? When? During the battle. Welcome to the dark side of the moon, gentlemen.
2: Aren't we supposed to be on top of the mountain to win this thing?
1: Our job is to separate the Taliban from the ordinary people. How do we do our jobs and stay safe? Respect keeps us safe. I wouldn't trade this for anything. Look at us. Band of brothers.
0: Keep me in your prayers, okay? Trust me, babe. I quit. I love you. We're gonna win by getting their hearts and minds. We want their hearts and minds, and they
1: want our blood and guts. Sorry, pal, but that's life at Camp Keating. This is based on a true story um, during the uh, war in Afghanistan uh, about a uh, an outpost that uh, was notoriously deadly. Cody, tell us about the outpost and what you thought of it.
2: Yeah, so so like you said, it's it's based on a true story. It's actually based on a uh, a book that was written by Jake Tapper. Uh, from CNN, and uh, it kind of tells the story about this outpost. Like you said, it was notoriously deadly, mostly because the, it was kind of in a valley um, that, that basically led um, led the the people inside, the troops inside, to be sitting ducks. You know, they were out, they were exposed, they they were surrounded, um, and uh, and it was a really dangerous spot for for them to be in. And so, it kind of tells the story about. Um, you know the people that were there, and then and and then kind of like the final battle that broke out there. Um, with with the movie like the outpost, and I think with a lot of military movies or, or war movies, I think you you have a, a problem that rears its head a lot, which is I think a lot of times when you're spending time with like a like a troop of people, there's not enough time for true character development and so when you like bounce around to these different characters they're sort of like nameless archetypes, I think. You know, like you have your you know, you have like the um the the guy who's egotistical and then you have the hothead and then you have the wimpy guy and then you have, you know, the you know the guy defying order. Like I mean it just it just seems like it falls into these like archetypes of of military movies. And Mm. I think the outpost for the first half of the movie falls into those traps. Um, where I think that there's not a ton of character development, you know, there's a lot of characters and they try to give them time, but the first hour of the movie is a little repetitive. You you see them like keep getting new captains, um, over and over to the out to the outpost that's there. Um, you ha- you introduce you know your main actors in the movie, um, you know which are Caleb Landry Jones, Scott Eastwood, and Orlando Bloom. And uh, and you know you 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 see them act, but you don't. I don't think you really get to know the characters. And I think the first half of the movie is a little bit long. I think it, it takes like an hour in that setup. And I really think when you don't have a lot of character development going on, you can condense that to like thirty minutes. And I think once you get to the hour mark, you get to the second half of the movie, which is essentially a big battle scene. I mean, it's like an almost an hour long, like. Uh, uh, you know, uh, war like know, a siege, some, yeah, yeah, like it's yeah, it's like a like a firefight, and um, the last hour of the movie is really really good, and um, I think that you know this is not like a big giant hundred million dollar Hollywood movie; it's a really small like or modestly budgeted movie, and they do a lot with what is presumably a little, and I think the last hour is super tense. It's got um, it's got uh, I think some really impressive camera work like some really good tracking shots I think it looks really nice mm-hmm. um, I, I think that um, uh, like I said it's super intense you actually see like acts like the acts of heroism that that sort of this battle is known for um, you know, I think it, it, it does a good job pulling in the the, um, the emotions of that and I think You get to see finally like the legwork that that was put in by the performances pay off. And again, I don't think that it has interesting characters, but I do think it has good performances. Um, I I think Scott Eastwood is pretty good. I, I can't recall a time seeing him better. I think that there's in the first half a little bit too much of a tendency for him to like squint and scowl and look like his dad. (laughs) um which seems like a purposeful like in the first half it really feels like a purposeful thing and he looks fucking exactly like him so it's super weird um but I think you know the real breakout star is Caleb Landry Jones who again I couldn't tell you like the arc of his character but I can tell you that the performance he gives is really really phenomenal and um yeah I mean I think what you end up you know you could have had a 90 minute really tight um, like really good movie, and I think it's a little bloated and ends up being like a two-hour pretty good movie. But I think the last half of the movie—I I was telling you this earlier, Jared. This is the first movie I've seen during COVID times that I feel would benefit from being seen in a theater because I think the last hour of that movie would have been great in a theater. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I walked away being. Um, you know, not super interested in the first half, and then finding the the last hour to be pretty riveting.
1: Jocelyn, what did you think?
0: Yeah, I uh, agree with the Caleb Landry Jones thing. He made the movie for me. I walked away like, who is this kid? Apparently, he's from Texas, and I'm a huge fan now because without that performance and that part in the movie, I was I wouldn't have really enjoyed it. Um, but the second half, I mean, was really incredible and. Um, I think Cody's right that it just took too long to get there, but once you do, it just really pays off, and I would have loved to see that in the theater, because I was, like, on the edge of my seat, like, holding my breath the whole time. Um, But the first half, I mean, there's just a lot of repetition, there's a lot of night scenes, and you really can't tell what's happening. Um, Too many characters, you don't really have any, you know, invested interest in any of them until the end, and... I wish they had set that up a little better, like who is going to be the characters that we're going to follow during this uh, ending battle scene. Um, And talk about uh, actors who look like their dads. When Mel Gibson's son walks on the screen, I literally was like, is that Mel Gibson? Like, why is he making a movie? And why is he pretending to be a (laughs) 20-year-old? I literally thought it was Mel Gibson. It, It was like seeing a ghost. It was so crazy. Um, but everyone else, Scott Eastwood, I thought was so boring. Oh my God. It was just like the typical, you know, like just, I don't I, just like a typical character for this type of a movie. And that's why I think I loved Caleb Landry Jones so much because he just like really sold the character, like, uh, just acted his little butt off at the end. I was just like, that was it for me. That was the best performance I've seen in a long time. Um, so yeah, it was, uh i was i i was not liking it, and then the end really sold it for me and i I would even recommend it uh f- you know for other people to watch because because the second half is that good
1: yeah um I- I'm gonna agree with uh with the two of you it's there's there's too many uh characters that are hard to distinguish from one another um and, and i i assume that's kind of the the price you pay of of telling the story of these real life men that died uh, and, and, you know, also the others that, that had these acts of heroism. Um, but I do wish it were kind of a little better delineated. There does seem to be a lot of day in the life stuff. Um, there's a pretty, you know, some pretty heavy foreshadowing as to what's going to happen. I mean, other other than the fact that it's a true story, uh, you know, there's a pretty heavy uh, bit of foreshadowing. I want to say like half an hour into the movie. Um, I think it's their second. Is it on their second or third commander, second or third captain, I... when they go like scouting in the hills, and it's basically like telling you exactly what's going to happen in the second half of the film. Yeah, I think that's the second
2: commander. I think.
1: Um, that said, though, that that second half is is amazing, and it's um, you know, it's it's clearly um, you know very visceral, um, low budget, I, I guess. But it's really hard to tell. Yeah. Um, there's some, I, I assume, some really great drone shots. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, especially on the bridge uh, that I'm thinking of, there's a scene on the bridge where um, yeah. you're following two characters across the bridge, and then, like, it, it the camera pulls away and then goes back in, and it's really, really great looking. I um, love,
0: I keep going back to that scene, like from the first yeah. half of the movie, that's really the one that I kind of continue to think about.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then by the time the, you know, the kind of shit hits the fan and, and, and there's this siege on the, on the outpost, it's, um, you know, it's, it's riveting. Um, I, I just, I do just wish I, I got to know the characters better. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem of the whole thing is that it's just hard to keep track of who's who. Um, yeah, but uh, but I think all these and here's here's a thing that I'm very thankful for that this wasn't directed by someone like Peter Berg who turned it into like a single person story. Yeah, sort of like lone survivor. I mean, I guess that's what it was, but um, <laughs> this is more of a like a uh, um, but but you know, like you can't like there's there doesn't seem to be anything kind of um, kind of fictionalized here.
2: Yeah, you know? I, yeah, and I think again, with with, because I think I think the fact that the performances are good kind of like boosts it, like a like a half letter grade for me even because I think that if you if you had lesser actors in there, I think it still would have that second half still would have been pretty good no matter what, but but I I do think again even though there's no character development, I think in particular with Caleb Landry Jones, you really do. Um, get to th- that character becomes three dimensional just because of the performance. You know, it's yeah. a it's a, it's a two dimensionally written character that pops off the screen because of performances. Um, I, I don't I don't know what Jocelyn has against Scott Eastwood, but I do think that, <laughs> that 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 I I did I did find you know that that character to also pop off the screen due to the performance. I think uh, it's I,
0: maybe the impersonation of his dad that you were talking about. It feels like inauthentic to me. I don't. I feel like he's trying too hard to be the cool guy. You know, and it's boring. It's like I mean, it shows some uh, look diversity look. in your performances. You know, it's like really just kind of being like I'm a badass. And okay, so, like, look, so look, great. Okay, you can't
2: you can't love a badass and baby <laughs> teeth and then get mad at Scott Eastwood here.
0: Like you either in like baby bad teeth, boys or we you don't. Showed so much more range in emotion. This guy is just literally like. I don't know. Maybe maybe Jared, he thinks it's the coming across, but
1: I I liked Scott Eastwood in the movie. I thought he so. was
0: boring. I, did, I just
1: <laughs> thought it was so so boring. But all right, <laughs> grades, Cody.
2: Yeah, like I said, I think I think this this would have been a barely recommendation due to the first half had the performances not been good, but the the performances kind of swoop in and, and save it. So I give it a solid B. I think I think that that the the last hour of the movie is is. Um, you know, like like if the, if, it, if the movie would have been just that or maybe like 15 minutes of setup and then that, it would have been a, a, a phenomenal movie. But I think it, it just has too much bloat on it to do it. So a solid B for me.
1: Jocelyn?
0: And I went with a B minus just um, thinking back to it now. I also forgot about the the jokes that w- didn't really land for me there was a lot of like attempts at humor to kind of i think try to break up the seriousness of this and i just was like rolling my eyes at those quote-unquote jokes so i
1: uh am going with a b minus you didn't like the guy uh, the dog thing out of the sh- which do- oh, oh, the the- dog no I-, I was gonna talk about the guy coming out of the shower naked to to fire to get into a firefight
0: <laughs> yeah there was that there was that there was the picture of the dog there was a cut the guy who's like i'm quitting smoking baby and he's smoking it's like okay i don't know that just those fell flat for me <laughs> yeah
1: well uh i'm gonna give it a a, a solid beat okay let's go ahead and move on to our next movie Desperados.
0: I thought by the time I was 30, I'd be married, just chill on the guys, you know? Yeah, I'll just casually take a year off of dating while my ovaries rust and grow barnacles. Oh. I have a blind date. Hi. Um,
2: look, Wesley, you seem like a great girl. The timing's not right for me.
0: I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh my God. How are you?
1: I'm Jared Sterling.
0: What do you actually know about this guy? He wants kids. He owns a duvet cover. What more do I want?
1: I think you may be the perfect girl.
0: Jared's ghosting me. I'm going to do an email. Do an email. In case you're wondering, I'm doing great, except for the fact that five days ago, your penis entered my vagina, and I haven't heard from you since. (sighs) Your dick is bad. Hey, you get a dumb
1: tattoo. Suck. And this.
0: Wes, is that you? It's Jared. I'm in Mexico.
1: I was in a bit of a car accident. My phone's at the resort. What? I'll call you when I know more. This is a Netflix original uh, romantic comedy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question marks are my inflection. Uh, Jocelyn, tell us about Desperados and what you thought of it.
0: I get the pleasure of talking about this wonderful movie. That's
1: why we uh, we got a woman on the show so we could talk yeah. about these... Uh- yeah, you guys like this
0: kind of stuff, right? Uh, yeah. Aren't oh my like- god, I'm so glad that you said that because like it was so insulting to me the entire movie, on top of just the general content of it, but the um, like implications that this is how women are were just like really insulting. So it's about uh, what's what is the main character? Nassim Padrad. I'm sorry. Nassim Padrad? Yes, yes, yes. So you know her from New Girl and isn't she in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I can never remember.
1: Yes, And was on Saturday Night Live. Yes,
0: and was on Saturday Night Live. Um, so she's the lead character and she is like, oh no, she's 30, you guys. She's 30 <laughs> and she's single and it's heartbreaking. Um, she, like, lives alone, she just got fired, and she's, you know, thinking of freezing her eggs, there's pamphlets around her apartment, and just a devastating life this lady is leading. Um, so she happens to go on a blind date with her co-star from New Girl, um, I can't remember his name. All I want to say is Winston. Lamar uh, Morris. Yes, thank you. Jared, that's what you're here for. You're just plugging in the actors' names for me. I appreciate that's it. That's all you're here for. <laughs> I, I appreciate you. So um, she goes on this blind date. It's bad. She ends up meeting this incredibly handsome, successful sports agent. And she had a uh, head injury. So she was uh not herself. So she wasn't, you know... Um, talking a lot or acting like a normal person. So he falls in love with her. So she believes that that's what she has to continue to do for him to be interested. Um, Anyway, uh, by some random, uh, you know, line of events, uh, she ends up having to go to Mexico with her two friends to delete an email that she accidentally sent to the perfect uh, boyfriend that she's been dating like a month. Um so yeah well I was just going to say because he he disappears for 5 days. That's right. Yes. Uh and without turn- an explanation. And it turns out
2: he was in a car accident.
0: Right. He had had an accident so then she has to try to retrieve this email so she heads to Mexico. I mean this is all very plausible. And um is- you know <laughs> <laughs> is- What what else? Oh also at the resort just happens to be Um, the gentleman that she had gone on the original blind date.
1: (laughs) What a weird coincidence, right? By the way, in a a movie full of terrible things, that is the worst.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That they just happen to all be in the same place at the same time in a different country? Makes no sense. Uh, So I don't even know how to approach one of the most ridiculous things about this movie. Um, other to than to say Cody has said that he has seen some crazy things in, you know, shows and movies before and I've been like, Well, okay, that was a, that was, you know, like maybe a little overblown. This was the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in a movie. And I <laughs> <laughs> i Jocelyn, some, would you describe it for our listeners? Okay. I do you <laughs> Do you think we need to say spoiler alert? Or I I told my... I, it,
1: it's not plot related. <laughs> okay.
0: So I told my sister and my mom about this yesterday and they were like dying laughing. They couldn't believe it also. Um, I said, well, basically, the she's, you know, out on this like date in the middle of the ocean and she starts getting humped by a dolphin. Okay. I mean, like, wow, that's already crazy enough. And she's like, oh, it's hugging me, you know? Oh. And the other guy's like, no, it's not. Then the, the dolphin... Jumps out of the water and slaps her in the face with his penis, and yeah. I'm not joking. That is literally <laughs> what happens. And I could paint you a picture of this dolphin's penis. That is how, <laughs> like, vivid they made it. And I'm can I thinking, can I commission like, that or no? Who, I will. I'm gonna do a watercolor of it because it's gonna be beautiful. Ooh. Who did she? owe money to or like lose a bet for like if I was reading the script and I saw that I would just be like nope that's a hard pass (laughs) and then my sister was like where is her family like why didn't her you know doesn't she have a sister to say no you can't do a movie where you get slapped in the face with a dolphin's penis (laughs) like no anyway the rest of the movie I mean it kind of follows the same like you know romantic comedy trope you know who she's going to end up with um i knew from like the very beginning and um and i'm not like you know some savant about finding out how movies end it's just legitimately it's just
1: your female intuition
0: <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you guys i'm over 30 and i'm not married i'm gonna die anyway uh what else i think it's funny because Lucene pedrad up.
1: is like 38 in real life. yeah right like, so
0: how would she agree to that and she's like super hot in the movie. It's like you don't have any problem finding, you know, a, a, a person to date. Like, come on. They're like gorgeous, like all of them. Anna Camp, too. That was pretty funny. She was she's in there along the way as a best friend. Yeah. Um. OK, so I think I've reached the end of that.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, uh, Cody. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, this is a this is a whew, it, it's an experience. Um. I was watching it, and I was really longing for the wrong Missy. I was like, mm, I would much rather be watching that. Movie I, did right now. <laughs> I did too. I did too. And you know, it's kind of similar to think about that because it's, it's it's it it just goes to show you what something like a like a balls out performance like that you get from like Lauren Lapkus in that movie can do to the just the watchability of a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that nothing about this movie is watchable. And it's not as if the performances are bad, but, like, there's nothing that's elevating the shittiness of everything in something like this. You know, it really sends some weird messages about how, like, its main character, like, the whole premise for them being there is because she's trying to stick with a guy who, like, who she's not even herself around and who, like, doesn't even know who she is and she doesn't even... Seem to really like him other than just the idea that like she's with someone. It's just a really weird reason for even being there to begin with. Um, we should add,
1: it's Robbie Amel from uh, uh, upload, which we yeah. covered a few weeks ago, which I, I really like him as an actor in that, I think yeah. in this one, he's pretty bland.
2: Yeah, I mean he's just he's just you know a ken doll basically in this movie. But um You know, I, I think beyond like beyond the insane uh dolphin penis scene. Uh there's also like this <laughs> recurring like <laughs> Nassim seeing is a pedophile joke. Oh yeah. That just is like it doesn't it just feels weird and wrong every time. Like it just it just doesn't hit. Uh there's like an obligatory dildo scene that happens. Like you know, of course that's gonna happen. That's a
1: vibrator,
2: Cody. She calls it a dildo in the movie. Oh. So you know I think th-
1: they
0: they're used interchangeably, Jared.
2: I believe a vibrator
1: falls under the umbrella <laughs> exactly. of a dildo. So all dildos are vibrate... All vibrators are dildos, but not all... Dildos are vibrators. Dildos yes. Are vib- okay, gotcha. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm
0: glad
1: this is why we have you on this. the show, Cody. Yeah.
2: I mean, look, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... You know, and and you know, the humor just is not. It's just not funny, and it's and it's it's like balls out, gross out humor. You know, look, there's a scene where a guy falls off of a roof and says, literally says, "ow, my balls!" Like it's just it's just like bottom of the barrel, lowest possible hanging fruit stuff. The story just doesn't really pan out, and and like Jocelyn said, you can see what's gonna like the second you see Lamorne Morris on. In Mexico, you're like, okay, I can basically plot out the rest of this movie. <laughs> yeah. And and it and it basically goes to that. And it's just, it is painfully unfunny. <clears throat> like, there's this weird subplot with Heather Graham that just makes no sense and has no payoff <laughs> at all. Like, it's funny that this this movie was written and directed by women because it feels like
1: 13-year-old boys <laughs> wrote and wow, directed I'm it. Wow, I'm
0: shocked to learn that.
1: Yeah. It's a it's, uh, uh, director. It's... Uh, LP, I guess the the white dude in uh Run the Jewels? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke. I know, thank you. Uh no, it's a uh, a woman named LP, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's just her initials, I assume.
2: Yeah, yeah. She um she used to um god, she, she used to go by her full name. Um I'm trying to look I'm looking her up right now. Um she's a director and writer known for it looks like she worked on. She was the director of the Mister Mom show on Voodoo,
0: <laughs> and uh,
2: <laughs> and also she directed ten episodes of Mister Mom. Uh, so wow, that's got to be all of them.
1: Right? <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry No, no, no. I'm I time. am beyond done. <laughs> so, um, I was trying to think. What was uh, Lamorne Morrison? That terrible. We saw him in a terrible movie recently, where he played like a British guy. Oh, that
2: was um, uh, the, Vin, the black the Vin Diesel movie. Was it uh, Bloodshot?
1: Bloodshot. That's right. Yeah. Uh, poor Lamorne Morris. It's just, it's it's a terrible gig. Uh, this one and that one. Uh, but uh, so, dolphin penis aside, <laughs> 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 this the story is 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 nonsensical. Like, it makes zero sense that, okay, so, so she, the premise, I guess, is that she, she has a head injury, but it's not, like, the comedic sort of head injury, where, like, she's um, going to be, you know, like, not, her, like, has amnesia, or, like, in Shallow how where he, you know, doesn't see, uh, uh, well, I guess that was hypnotism, but anyway, um, she just sort of, like, has a like her head hurts and she's not being herself, and she realizes that this guy Robbie Amell's character likes her. Oh, his name is Jared, by the way. So, um, I had a connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> shut up, Cody. <laughs> little little tiny laugh. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but that like she is poor, like is 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 part of the running joke that she has no money and can't pay her bills. But then, like, they just go on a whim to this exclusive <laughs> Cabo uh, resort in Cabo and uh, are able to stay there. And it's just that none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense at all. Like, and she's just an awful, like, she's an awful character. Like, you can't like her. You can't really like any of her friends because none of it makes sense, Um, you know, what they're doing there. Uh. Poor Anna Camp has a stupid storyline. Uh, the the one scene that I thought was actually kind of funny that had actual laughs was where the the guy was hitting on her, or, or uh, like the oh
2: that's al like- that's Alan, Alan McCloud that's a comedian. I know where they're at the like the the bar and he's
1: talking about the they
0: were both funny those two actors. <laughs> what was in, the, name? What was the name of the pill?
1: It was like some boner pill. I can't <laughs> yeah. remember what it was called. But then he's just started saying, like, really filthy <laughs> stuff to her. Like, oh, I guess I don't have anyone's chest. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that, was, like, that was, like, what the movie needed was, like, this, this balls-out commitment to filth or, you know, whatever. And it has none of that. Um, even those characters disappear. Like, I guess the, the one character is, uh, I assume, played to be gay Yeah. I, I, yeah in I that scene. The and he takes a, you know, a, a liking to the other woman i can't remember her name in the in the film um that's not anna camp or <laughs> in a um sarah burns kaylee that's it um but it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere like it just sort of goes away and then i i, man, I don't know this is just a bad bad <laughs> romantic comedy that it clearly has like designs on being something like bridesmaids or uh you know uh what's the bad girls girls trip Girl, no. no um, what's the one with, uh, 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 shit, uh, Kristen Bell and uh, Catherine Hahn and uh, Mia Co- Mila Kunis. Oh, oh bad, bad moms. moms. Bad moms. That's it. Something like it clearly aspires to be something like that, and it's just not. It's just, it's just a terrible, terrible movie, <laughs> and it makes no sense. And the title makes no sense. And
0: yeah, the title. I mean, <laughs> of all the things to pick on, but because it's
1: because they're in Mexico, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I
0: think so, but yeah.
1: Like it never gets crazy. It never gets like really over the top. It's just terrible. Um, anyway, grades, Jocelyn.
0: Um, I'm I'm going with a D and not a D minus just because I actually did really like Lamorne Morris in it. I thought he 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 was great in it. Of all, you know the. Uh, for what it was for what for what he had to go with i did enjoy his character and and kind of seeing that play out a little but yeah a d cody i also go with the d uh
2: no d minus because of the boner pill salesman <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the uh i just like in real life the boner pill salesman saves the d <laughs> uh so i'm giving <laughs> i'm giving it a d also wow. um and this is available on netflix uh, if you this uh, is a Guy Fieri
2: special, triple D baby. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, di- oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dinos, and driving. I
0: say just dr- just fast forward to that part because you will not believe what you are watching.
2: Yeah, come uh, for the uh, dolphin penis yes. and uh, <laughs> and then leave and then stay for the boner pills. <laughs> <laughs> that that's all one big giant innuendo. I'm gonna leave now. I think the boner pills are first, right? <laughs> Usually before the dolphin penis comes.
1: <laughs> oh no! No. no. Oh boy. At least it's not pot it's not potty humor. Yeah. So
0: Everyone's <laughs> so okay.
1: okay with it. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our last movie, <laughs> The Truth.
2: I don't remember. You were just a baby. And you, daddy.
0: No, I've never been here before.
2: The house looks like a castle. It does. Yes. Even though there's a prison just behind it.
1: Vous la visite je, je, je vais peut-être euh, vous laisser alors. Non, aucune importance. C'est ma fille avec sa petite famille.
0: Ah, elle, elle a épousé cet acteur. Oh, acteur, c'est un bien grand mot. Welcome.
2: Il était une fois une sorcière, mais son cœur était aussi dur que la pierre.
0: A quelle actrice avez-vous transmis un peu de votre euh, ADN
1: En France, je vois vraiment personne. Ils viennent pour me féliciter pour euh, mon livre
2: de à 100000 exemplaires copies pas 000. Qu'est-ce que tu Je reviens pas.
1: I didn't see this, but the two of you did, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh Cody, tell us about the truth and what you thought of it.
2: Yeah, so the the truth is a movie I'm going to try to explain this as best as I can. So it is it is directed by um a guy named uh oh god Hirokazu Koriida, who is a uh, a very well known and well respected um, Japanese director, um, he directed Shoplifters, um, he uh, movies like Nobody Knows, like Father Like Son, really well respected. Um, if you ever look at his Rotten Tomatoes profile, like all, of, I don't think he's ever had a movie like outside of like eighty five percent. But it is a movie that is mostly, I would say, like sixty percent in French and in yeah. the, the rest is in English and it basically tells the story about um, uh, about a um, uh, an actress or, well she's she, she's like a she's like an older actress um, French actress who's really well known I don't know Jocelyn what would be the comparison like a, like a Meryl Streep esque kind of thing hmm. Well wouldn't it just be herself That's kind Catherine, of how Di- I, Catherine I
0: was going to say that. Yeah, it's sort it's of just like Catherine, a Catherine Deneuve playing herself. character. Yeah,
2: I was trying to make it not use that comparison. You're yeah. trying to uh, angli- like an you make it American here? Yes. Okay. I was trying to anglicize, is that the word?
0: Yeah, I could say Mar- Well, American that's Street, English. No, cuz it's someone who's like pat- like very beyond their prime and I feel like Meryl Streep is like still you know, in the I don't mix. I don't think that she's beyond her Prime, Not though. her prime, but I mean like it's it's like the golden years. I would say more like a Jane Fonda, maybe.
2: Yeah, something yeah. like that. Anyway, she she's basically a, an actress who was who was seen as like a generational talent, you know, enough generational enough to have like her biography coming out and people being excited and like she gets spotted in a cafe and is and is recognized by people, you know. And she has her own driver, and she has an assistant, and all this stuff. So, um, so basically, she's she's a little out of touch with reality in, in a lot of different ways. And her um, her uh, her daughter comes to visit, uh, played by Juliette Benoche. Bino- is that is that an appropriate julia binoche yes pronunciation and, and ethan hawk who plays her husband and then their daughter come to visit to celebrate her biography and then it sort of exposes this problematic relationship with uh, her and her daughter all while she is trying to film um this movie um that's a sci-fi movie that she's in that's kind of bringing up some difficult things for her where she's kind of She's with a, a young up-and-coming actress who she feels is trying to, like, show her up, basically. Um, and I think she's she's feeling a little bit threatened by young talent. And so, um, you know, I feel like – so th- what this kind of reminded me of a little bit is is the high note in a way that it shows kind of like someone who is in the entertainment industry and clearly, like, disconnected from reality – in in a way that you know they're 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 self centered and selfish and they don't understand how like regular people operate. But I think this does it in a way that's a lot better that like it, like it got wrong because it seemed like a caricature in that movie where this felt more authentic to me. And I really like the themes that it has of you know, you know she's really catty, she's really petty, she's really out of touch. Um, and 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 I I really think that that. Um, that, that it, it leads to a really uh, good performance and i like the threat of i like the 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 storyline of being kind of threatened by this younger generation and this younger talent um it's it's something that's not necessarily new um but it's something that's that's nonetheless good i think the the father or excuse me the the mother-daughter relationship is kind of the highlight of the 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 film um, and i think both performances are really great um and i think that her character arc is actually one that's a believable one so i um i I think that it's if if anything it's just kind of slight and minor um i don't think that it's it's not going to be winning any awards or anything um and i do think that it's occasionally a tad slow but i think as a, a character study i i do find i did find it pretty uh pretty interesting Jocelyn, what did you think?
0: Yeah, um, I agree. I thought the sort of um, way that they showed the complexities of the mother and daughter relationship was super fascinating and really lovely, and um, and and also just showing, uh, I think, how you know this character played by Catherine Deneuve is like dealing with a lot, a lot of things that you know have gone on in her life. And um, this role, like Cody said, is kind of bringing them all up and making her kind of confront them along with her daughter also being there, um, you know, coming from America, not not typically being there. Um, And I thought it was done in a really fun way, not like, you know, something that's so exciting, but it's just engaging the entire movie. And as far as like, you know, Catherine Deneuve is is getting older so. As far as like, you know, this may be one of her last films or, or you know, she's definitely like get at the end of her career, basically. I think it was like a beautiful kind of like way to not say goodbye to her because that's super morbid. But, <laughs> you know, this, this, woman, this actress we've seen in movies from like her entire life. And I think there's always something to be said about when – You know, I'm thinking of like, um, I think, what was it? There was a a Robert Altman movie, The Prairie Home Companion. And it was like one of his last movies that he made. And it was was such a cool little like meditative, really kind of looking back and it felt nostalgic. And that's kind of how this felt for me. Um, And if this is one of the last movies that I see her in, I'll be very happy because it was just really, really wonderful. And I think that it was true to her and her career, not just, you know, um, as uh, in this film, as this character, but I think just as a person and, and as uh, this actress who a lot of people have grown to love and, and seen, again, since she was young. Um, I was so shocked to find out that it was a Japanese uh, director and I am going to go back and and keep tabs of his career because um, it was really beautiful, and I love this movie.
2: I I, th- I think, and I don't know how you feel, but I think the one thing that it that that disconnects, and I think the one thing that ultimately keeps it from being better, is there is this kind of I don't know if it's really a subplot as much as it is like a um, like I guess it is a subplot where there is a lot of talk that happens about a character that never appears on screen.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, there's a talk about like the potential of, of, of it, of another actress who died at a young age, who, who like, have, hev- like, uh, heavily factors into both the daughter and the mother in terms of, you know, jealousy. And, um, you know, it's sort of, it's almost like a, something that, you know, you see, um, you know, this character really threatened by a younger actress um who's who i think you know the you know the idea is that she's kind of putting out a better performance than she is and and um and it seems to parallel a story that happens off screen years and years ago um i don't think that that and i don't know if it's just because we were never given true context to the character and she's kind of spoken about in um and kind of like really um Like non-specifics, yeah, really vague things. That for me, that whole storyline to me does not register very well, and it keeps it honestly kept me from liking it a lot more.
0: I think it could have. I think it was good as far as like bringing up ghosts, you know, in their pasts. But I think you're right that they don't really address it enough or explain it enough for it to be significant. But uh, and it is
2: significant in the grand scheme of the plot, which I think is the bothersome. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that.
2: All right, grades, Cody. Uh, I give it a B minus. I think that it's like I said it's slight. Um it's not going to be your favorite movie of the year, I don't think, but I think that it's it's well done and it's a really kind of quiet, subdued um uh, kind of I I don't even know if it, I mean it feels like you know it is made by a Japanese director, but it does feel very French. So um yeah, I think that it's it, it's good, not great.
1: Jocelyn?
0: I gave it a B, and um, I think that it's just surprising to see, you know, that they're making roles or or focusing a movie around a woman, you know, that is Catherine Deneuve's age, and and seeing the complexities of her relationship with another female character. It was really nice, so a solid B for me.
1: Cool. Uh, Okay, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, Cody the Greyhound. Next week, right? Greyhound, just Greyhound. Oh, Greyhound, yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm being a Sean Parker to you.
2: It's cleaner. That's a yeah, social like, network reference.
1: A, I heard a I heard a social network joke today on a podcast I was listening to, mm-hmm. which is uh, pretty uh, astounding since... It's so 10 years old? <laughs>
0: I guess.
2: And it's 10 years old and like Zuckerberg is, is no longer a very <laughs> liked figure in the world.
0: Well, it's like when people recommend that I see the Ozarks, I'm like, you don't even know the name of the show, so why (laughs) would I listen to you? Uh,
1: But yeah. Sorry I put a V in front of it, you guys. It's (laughs) It's fine, Grandpa.
0: (laughs) The H-E-V. The Google. (laughs) The Google. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah,
2: so we have Greyhound, which is uh, Tom Hanks' submarine, I think, movie? Is it a submarine?
1: I don't think so. I think it's just ships. It's a ship, <laughs> move on, whatever. It's, it's a World War II movie with Tom Hanks. So. Yeah,
2: and we also have uh, – well, that's a, that's coming out on Apple TV Plus, a service that everyone obviously has. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> i got
1: to figure out another free trial, by the way. i got to sign it <laughs> with my wife's email now.
2: Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, Palm Springs that opens next week. Oh, yeah, uh, Hulu. Yeah, on Hulu. That's the Andy Samberg uh, comedy uh, that is Groundhog Day esque. Um, there's also two more movies. There is Relic, a horror movie um, from IFC. And then there is Inmate Number One, the Danny Trejo documentary.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Good okay. list. Great. Great. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at Find us on Twitter at cinesnob, Facebook cinesnob critic. You can listen to our other podcasts, 3MCU, where we are rewatching the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, also, core and Stream, our latest episode. Cody, when is that coming out? Tuesday. Um, we just, we just uh, had second part of our conversation with uh, comedian Lisa Curry. Uh, we have comedian Vanessa Gonzalez coming up uh, this coming Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, our first uh, uh, local she's well she's austin so mm-hmm. the first person we've talked to that's not in new york or la well i guess greg arizona. in arizona or something but he lives in la so uh yeah that's that was a lot of fun uh that conversation you can listen to that coming tuesday uh please uh on this podcast and all of our podcasts please uh like uh please uh like them please uh uh rate and review them uh it'll help us get uh, get the word spread out there
2: yeah, we need when uh, we're looking
1: for sponsorship money, so we need that sweet coin. Yeah, uh, where's uh uh the uh, blue aprons and and all that? Yeah, I can do Lisa World. mattress live reads. Or uh, uh, like even like the like the 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 sketchier ones, like uh, extends. Like when it's,
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or uh, the blue chew. Have you
2: heard that one? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. there's a the 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 doughboys do a manscaped one that's
1: pretty good. Ah. Oh. Yes. Uh, Anyway, so, uh, Cody, what else you got going on? Uh,
2: I have The Ramble, a podcast I do with Jerry Rocha and Eddie Pence, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And then also I have uh, a music podcast called Medium Fidelity um, that I do with our friend James Roberts. And our most recent episode with uh, Jordan Olds, a.k.a. Gorsenio Hall, from the Two Minutes to Late Night series, (laughs) is out now.
1: (laughs) Uh. Anyway, uh, does he have? The, so does he have the dong pound since he's Sinio Hall?
2: No, I, it's just a it's just a name. He does have corpse paint though. So
1: it was an Arsenio Hall Guar. No, no, no. no I
2: I got it. Okay, good. You know I'm what? Sure. It, uh, I I'll save this off air. I guess.
1: Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Jocelyn, and water. You got anything going this on? This is
0: it for me. I, this is my entire life. Is just this podcast. <laughs>
1: so sad hey but at least you can go watch hamilton again
0: yeah exactly that's what yeah. you'll find me doing just on loop. so
1: did you were you like reading along with the words like wrapping it in like no. silently in your head <laughs> no
0: definitely not but you miss things you know when you see them on the screen there's just little jokes along the way and little asides and things you didn't notice when you were just
1: listening to it yeah uh okay anything else before we go no I don't think so. Cricket. Cricket. All right. Cricket. Well, on that note, I am Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania.
0: And I'm Jocelyn Duran.
1: Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net.
2: See you next week.